Okay, so, uh, substitute teacher, you know how what that means. Please keep spitballs to yourself. <laughs> don't, uh, don't be shooting anything at me or throwing me out of here if it doesn't uh, go the way you hope it would. But uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about virtue. So that's, it's, uh, I've, I've, had a, I've had a week to prepare. Just not real long. I usually like a little longer than that, but hopefully, uh, hopefully it all ties in and, and, and it makes sense. We'll uh, we'll try to try to tie it in as, as best we can to, you know, so that it's a, a one um, logical linear thought. So, so first first off, what I'd like to do is just ask you guys, in your own words, what you think. Is virtue? How would you describe virtue? What is virtue? In your own words. Goodness. Goodness. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Just one word. Could be a phrase. Whatever. Could be a you know an explanation. Doesn't have to be. What else? Ethical. Ethical. Okay. Yep. What else? Moral, okay. Moral, virtue, yep, yeah, moral. Jerry, what do you think virtue is? <laughs> I taught before. I, you know, I've done this before, so. Don't, don't read what's on the page. Your own words. What is your own words? What is virtue? Moral, goodness. Uh, there you said ethical. What else? Honor. Honor. Okay. Integrity. Integrity. Yeah. Standing. Right standing. Yep. Good. Okay. All right. Those are all really good, and those all are none are none are right or nothing right right or wrong about them. But um, as you can see on the page, the basic definition of virtue is behavior showing high moral standards or excellence. Um, if you look at the Webster's Dictionary, which I didn't put that all on your page because I'll just, I'll just tell it to you. You can take notes if you like. But uh, Webster Di Dictionary defines it as conformity to a standard of right, uh, otherwise morality. Particular uh, moral excellence, beneficial quality or power of a thing. Beneficial quality or power of a thing. Manly strength or courage. <sighs> also known as valor, or another word for that would be valor. Um, commendable quality or trait. We could also throw in their merit. That would be a, a single word to, to describe that. Capacity to act or potency. So power, again, power um, to act. Um, chastity, and this is Webster's now. I didn't make this up. It's chastity, especially in a woman, okay? And when we think of that, we think of most notably the biblical reference of the virtuous woman, right? In Proverbs 31, um, we, it says in uh, Proverbs 31, verse 10, it says, who can find a virtuous wife? 
for her worth is far above rubies. So that's kind of that the, the, the familiar reference that we talk about the, the you know the Proverbs 31 woman. So um, that's kind of that biblical reference there. So that's Webster's. If we look at it in a biblical context, we find the Greek word is arete. Go ahead and say that 10 times fast. Arete. Arete. It means it has two different usages, actually. And it's, uh, I think those are on your page there. I have, the, I have the teacher notes. You have the student notes. So mine are a little bit more robust. So, uh, but two different usages of the Greek word in the biblical context. Um, first of all, it properly denotes whatever procures preeminent estimation for a person or thing. That's a lot of wordy. That's real, that's real wordy. Um, hence, intrig- intrinsic eminence, moral goodness, virtue, excellencies. Basically, what he's saying is giving praise to someone that, you know, that is, um, you know, preeminent. So it's, it's giving that praise. And we find that in 1 Peter um, 2 9 when we talk about the, the Greek word um, it's found in first Peter 2 9 it says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light so when we look at that um, that Greek word arete, it's translated into praises there. And I just want to give a, I just want to go through this so we kind of have an understanding of what your virtue is and then we'll kind of jump into, you know, other, you know, why it's important to us and those kinds of things. But I wanted to give a little background first so that we can kind of have an understanding and a kind of a baseline of what we're talking about. What is virtue? And I thought that was important because we don't see virtue um, only, only a couple places in the Bible where actually the word virtue is used. And usually it's in the King James Version. Other versions will change it to excellence or excellencies or praise or things like that. So, so it's a, I think it's important to look and see kind of where those references are and cross-reference them for you. So you kind of have an idea of, well, it doesn't say virtue in the Bible. I use the ESV or the New King James or the, you know, whatever whatever version you use, it may not say virtue in the same places. So that's what I'm, I want to do here is just kind of cross-reference this for you. So um, the other usage um, in biblical context is um, of any particular moral excellence, where virtue is enjoined as an essential quality in the exercise of faith. Um, and I think that's the revised... I don't know what that is. In your faith supply virtue. And that is in, uh, if you look in Philippians 4, 8, uh, you'll find that finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence or virtue, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. So there's the cross-reference there. So it's talking about, obviously, a virtue that is uh, a little different than maybe what we would um, think of in a, in a normal, just a kind of a day-to-day context. And we'll kind of, we'll kind of jump into that here in, in, a, in a second. Um, well, it's, it's actually 
next, <laughs> the two categories of virtue. So there's two categories of virtue. So first you have human virtue. If you look at human virtue, it's essentially a habitual and firm disposition to do good. It allows the person not only to perform good acts, but to give the best of himself. So all those things that we kind of talked about, described, you know, it gives us a framework on how to act, on how to, how to behave, and how to, you know, conduct ourselves. Um, integrity, goodness, honor, uh, morals, um, you know, all those things that you described are things that we, um, from a human uh, virtue perspective, try to employ in our lives so that um, we're living in a way that um, is respectable. Um, some of those examples, again, compassion, responsibility, a sense of duty, uh, self-discipline and restraint, honesty, loyalty, friendship, courage, persistence. Those are examples of desirable virtues for sustaining a moral life. So, and we'll kind of, we'll, we'll build on this as we go, but just to kind of give you another, just a, just a framework, just kind of start to, start, start to build what this means, what we're looking at, so. And then the other, obviously, the other category of virtue would be godly virtues. Um, some people call them theological vir virtues. Some, some people term it that. These relate directly to God. They're not something that we necessarily can work up. These are, these are, these are um, inherently part of who God is and, and how, what he gives to us. So faith, hope, and charity or love. So when you think of God, those are the some of the like three main characteristics that you think of when you think of God: faith, hope, love. And we can we can have faith, we can have hope, and we can have love, but those also can are very um, what would I say? They're they're very delicate. They're they're easy, they can easily crumble. And uh, again, we'll, we'll continue to talk a little bit more about this as we go. But um, if you look at faith, obviously last, John, last week Pastor John talked about the importance of faith. Um, I wasn't here, unfortunately, but I was able to listen to it online. And so it was really good. It was excellent. And I think that uh, I heard some other, um, some other comments that it was really good. And virtue builds on faith. Virtue is added to faith. If you look at 2 Peter 1.5, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. So they, gotta, they, they go hand in hand. It's a, it's a supplement to faith. And, and we'll talk about why that is. Why, is. why is that important to have virtue supplementing faith? Some versions say um, add virtue to faith. And from what I could gather from, from researching it and studying it, um, it actually means to supply virtue. Um, so some of the versions, versions use add, that's not necessarily correct, um, according to what uh, 
you know, what some of the scholars have said. So it's actually more, more accurate to say, um, to supply virtue. Um, faith, hope, and charity influence human virtues by increasing their stability and strength for our lives. So all those human virtues we talked about are uh, very fragile. They're very, they can, they can change if they're based on human um, and in human strength. If we're just trying to be good, those things are gonna, there's, those things are gonna be very unstable. So by adding these theological virtues, if you want to call them, or godly virtues, it adds stability and strength to our lives and those things that we're trying to, um, trying to accomplish and how we're trying to live. Um, and so the problem is, is we, the um, faith, hope, and charity can't be acquired through human effort, basically, is what, is what I'm trying to say. So um, as much as we try and try and try, our efforts um, are not what's going to um, acquire those things or obtain those things. Um, another, another um, uh, some other instances in the Bible in which, which uh, virtue is translated is, is power. Um, so there are a few instances in the Bible where, where you can interchange those two, power for virtue. Um, Mark 5.30, it talks about um, Jesus perceiving himself that power... If you look again and look at the King James Version, it says virtue, has gone out of him, immediately turned around, turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? So, so there's, there's, a, there's a, another um, way to look at or another meaning in biblical context about what virtue is, and it relates to power, the power of God. Again, in Luke 6, 19, and all the crowds sought to touch him for power came out from him and healed them all. And then lastly, in Luke 8, 46, it says, and all the crowds sought to touch him for power came out from him and healed them all. Again, I love that it says and healed them all. That's, 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 that's God's power right there, right? Um, it's not something that we could could work up in any, in any way, shape, or form. Um, so just in the sense of power, um, it, talks, it, it refers to miraculous energy or influence. And you might have heard that this, the, the, word, the word dunamis, that's the Greek word for power. Um, it's an inherent power residing in, an, in the nature of a thing, the power of God. And I would say more than just a thing. It's in the, in the power of God. Of God, um, contrast um, exos, exosu, exosia. I believe is how you, how you talk about that. Exousia, exousia. Say it how you want. Power arising from <laughs> external opportunity or liberty of action. That's the power of man. So, without the dunamis power, the, the, the I'm not even going to try to say that word. The power of man. <laughs> is limited, right? And we know that. So we know that, that without tapping into God's power, we are limited. 
So I don't know of anyone that's ever said about a person other than Jesus that power went out from him and he healed them all. I don't know of any stories, any any references or anything in, in history that talks about somebody else, a human being, a natural human being, able to use power in a way that goes out from them and heals everyone that touches them. We've, we've heard about, you know, faith healers and, you know, people, you know, Oral Roberts. Um, we were talking about Christ for the Nations a little bit ago. Um, Gordon Lindsay was part of that movement back in the, in the day. Um, John G. Lake, you know, you've got all these, you know, kind of, I don't know if you call them heroes, but um, people that, that um, did a lot of miraculous, or God worked through to do a lot of miraculous things. Um, but they were human. They were limited. Um, when they tapped into the power of God, that's when things happened. That's when the, that's when stuff started to really happen, and that's what um, that's what Gordon Lindsay started to write about when he when he had wrote about his magazine or started his magazine called The Voice of Healing. He was he was um, documenting all those things that happened in the Oral Roberts uh, days when he was uh, um, traveling and and having the healing conferences and things like that. So, um, but um, so if you ever want some good references on healing. You know, I know um, Kenneth Hagen has got a, a, a ton on it, um, but or Roberts, Gordon Lindsay, they all were kind of part of that part of that movement. So, just a little side note. So now that we have a little better understanding of what virtue is, let's look at why it's important. Why is virtue important? Um, I touched a little bit on the. Um, on the on the human virtues, or we talked a little bit about the human virtues, um, and one would argue that um, these are all good things, right? They are integrity, honesty, um, compassion. All those things are good things. Not to not to take away from those. Those are good things to 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 strive for and to wanna um, to wanna like develop in your life. Um, but. I would also say that the presupposition is that human virtues are void of a higher, higher moral standard in and of themselves. Um, it's a humanistic viewpoint. Um, in other words, whatever is good for you isn't necessarily good for me, right? I act in a way that I think is better or the best, but it might not be the same for someone else. It's a, it's a humanistic, a form of humanism, a humanistic worldview. And that's a dangerous place to be. Because there's no balance. There's, no, there's nothing to kind of keep us in check, so to speak. We don't, we're, we're just kind of like our own um, compass. We are our own check. And that's really dangerous. That's a really dangerous place to be. And we've seen where that can really do a lot of damage and, and be very hurtful. I mean, you look at history and, um, you know, you go through history and see what has happened over the course of history and how people, um, leaders, um, people in power, when they get power, how they can, they, they, it can be uh, really, really abused and do 
um, some really, really awful things. Um, we don't need to go into, you know, all those things. You can imagine what it is. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. But um, it's it, it that that is um, power unchecked. That is, I am my own moral standard, and so, um, so in and of themselves, her human virtues can be um, can can be kind of dangerous. Without an absolute moral standard, we will be tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Ephesians 4.14. So that when we when we don't have any kind of when we don't have any kind of check, we're just tossed to and fro, kind of whatever the flavor of the day is. Right? I mean, we can, we, can, we can go and say, what's the topic for the day? And that's, you know, that's what we kind of go with. So um, the Bible warns us about that, about, about going unchecked. And that's what, it, that's, that's what it's talking about. Be aware of where you're placing your um, values, where you're placing your um, uh, virtues, We'll just say that. What what standard are you are you living by and under? Um, and without an absolute moral standard, I mean, we're just all over the place. I mean, just turn on the news. Turn on the news. That's all you need to know. <laughs> turn on the news, and you'll see people are all over the place. I mean, it's just a mess. And that's because there is no in in that in those. Ver- I mean, people are trying to do good. Right? They're out there trying to do good, but there's no standard to that. And it can change in an instant. Um, even Paul talked about this a little bit in terms of uh, in terms of kind of just knowing what to do and, and knowing what, what good to do and whatever, but kind of being thrown around a little bit. And he said in Romans seven fifteen through 20, does somebody want to read that? And then I don't have to do all the reading. <laughs> somebody want to take that? Read it for me. Thanks, Jamie. No, really, I don't have it. <laughs> it's right on your page. I'm somewhere else. Get here. I am listening to you. I'm totally listening. I'm anyone? 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 I'll do it. All right. Thank you. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do not do, if I do, <laughs> tongue twister. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. And that is a mouthful. And we, that's, that's, a whole, that's, a whole, that's a whole teaching all on its own. But my point is, is that as human beings, we struggle to do what is right. Why? Because we deal with the flesh. We have a flesh, right? We have a spirit, we have flesh. Human virtues are essentially... 
um, rooted in flesh and fleshly things. Um, it's it's trying to do good. It's trying to like it's trying to do those good things. And I hear people at work all the time, you know, and, and they're they're just they're just constantly striving to do good, and and trying to be good. And you hear that a lot, right? Um, well, as long as I'm a good person, I'm okay, right? As long as I'm good, you know, whatever. What's good? Even that can be a different definition from one person to the next. What's what's good mean? Define that. We're getting in a we're getting in a a world in a in a in a time and age in a day and age where de- you know everyone means something different. You know, and so it's like you know when I get in into discussions, we'll call them discussions with people. I I always like what does that mean? Let's get on the same playing field here. What does good mean for you? Define that for me. And they kind of look at you like you're crazy, but it's important because so I mean that that's the, that's the, that's the enemy. That's what what they're talking about. But um, about the craft, craftiness and deceitful schemes, human cunning. You know every wind of doctrine. It's trying to twist the truth and make it something that it isn't. And so um, if we don't have something to kind of point back to, that moral high, higher standard, it's, it's like we're, we don't even know what playing field we're on. We could be, we could be in, one person could be in Pennsylvania, talking in Pennsylvania as far away, and then the other person could be in California. That's how far apart they are, talking. They don't even know what they're talking about. So, um, so it's, that's, that's the point in, in what um, I wanted to kind of just bring out in what Paul was saying. It was like, I, I, you know, I, I don't I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't do it. Why? He struggled with that. Paul, the great writer of half of the New Testament, just about. So I think the Bible is clear that we simply can't obtain true, effective, and lasting virtue just by being good people. Doesn't doesn't work. Being good does no good. Right? Another reason it's important is that as Christians, we are in a fight. Anybody know that we're in a fight? Anybody? Anybody can testify to that? We're in a fight. We're in a fight. We're in a battle constantly between good and evil, right and wrong. And what do we do about that? And and it says in Ephesians 6.10 through 18, it talks about, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it talks about the armor of God, right? Put on the whole armor of God. But the first part of it is really what I want to, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. In the strength of his might. His might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of every, uh, I'm sorry, of evil in the heavenly places. And then it goes on to talk about the, the armor of God. And what is one of the parts of the armor of God? It's what we talked about last week. It's what Pastor John talked about last week. Shield of... <laughs> Shield of faith, right? Look at what it says. 
in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. So should we ever put our shield down? No. We should never be let the enemy never be exposed to the enemy. We should never put our shield down, ever. In all circumstances, pick up, or oh, take up, what does it say? I missed it. Uh, um, take up the shield of faith in all circumstances. That is what we fight with, right? The Bible encourages us to fight the good fight of faith so here's where I'm going to start kind of trying to tie in what Pastor John talked about last week about faith. He talked about faith and why faith was important, that we need to, that we need to have faith in, in today especially. I mean, this is the day we're living in. Obviously, they needed faith for where they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. We, we, have, we have a level of faith that we need for today. And it's important that we have that kind of faith. And it's what Pastor John talked about last week. Why is that important? To stand in faith. And it's that confidence, knowing that what God says in his word, he means, and he stands by. That higher moral standard, who he is, we can trust. Because he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we're going to be, if we're going to move forward, if we're going to see the things that God, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but if we're going to see the things that God has called us to do, got to have faith to start out with. Right? Got to have faith. If we want to see people healed, God, Jesus said, greater things than these you will do. Right? He was talking he was talking to disciples, but he it was written for us. Right? The Bible was written to them for us. And so if we appropriate appropriate that in our lives, we can we can do that as well. Greater things than these he has called us to do. He's called us to pray for the sick. Lay our hands on them and, and, and to see them healed. To see not just like a common head cold that can go away in two days if you just take some Tylenol and then get some sleep. Not that that's, you know, not that, that there's anything wrong with that or that you shouldn't pray for people for that or you shouldn't pray for yourself for that. Not that God can't heal those things. He wants to and can. But sometimes I think we look at that and go, well... That's all the faith I have, so I'm gonna pray. And that's okay, but he wants us to get he wants us to get to a place where we can say, a person has a broken arm, and I'm gonna pray for them that they're and I'm gonna have faith and I'm gonna stand in the gap with them and I'm gonna pray over them and we're gonna believe that that, that broken arm is gonna be healed. Manifested. Okay? So Trying to just tie that in here to virtue, to virtue, if we are to have that kind of faith, we better have virtue going along with it. We better supply virtue with <coughs> faith, or faith with virtue. 
and we're gonna we're gonna see in a little bit here why that's so important. Um, talking about faith and power. Um, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you were made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So we're in a fight. We're in a daily battle. And he says, fight the good fight of faith. Don't fight the good fight of Jamie. Don't fight the good fight of Miss Ricky. It's not us, right? Where do we get faith? He gives us faith, right? We have, we have a little bit, we have a little tiny mustard seed of faith. But that's all he says we need because he takes that then and grows it, right? He gives us a measure of faith. There's, there's, there's faith that we have. I mean, let's face it, how many of you have driven over the new bridge over here in Stillwater? Anybody <laughs> driven over that yet? No. It's a pretty cool bridge, isn't it? That is a neat bridge. Have, has anybody ever driven up to it and stopped and backed up and said, nope, can't do it? <laughs> nope, not going to drive over it, just can't do it. Why? <laughs> Why not? You have faith that it's going to stand up, right? That's faith. That's faith. I came in here tonight and flipped on the lights. I never even thought about it. I just flipped on the light switch and boom, the lights came on. I never even thought about it. I don't, I don't see the wires going through here. I, don't, I can't see the electrical current going and going, yep, I think we're good. We can turn on the light switch. I don't even think about it. That's faith. That's like little tiny faith, right? We, can, we have confidence in those things that they're going to work. We have confidence that the people that built that bridge knew what they were doing. Right? Let's hope they did. So we don't need another Minneapolis incident. But we have, we have faith that, they, had, that they, knew, they were competent, that they knew what they were doing, that whatever. And so we just drive across. We don't even think of it. Right? That's the kind of faith... That's where God wants us to get in praying for people and standing for, for, for finances when we need, when we're, when we're struggling, when things are, don't look good because things don't look good in the natural all the time, right? That's, but that's the kind of faith that God wants us to have for those kinds of things to be able to, to pray over people, to be able to say, nope, devil, uh-uh. No, you're not taking my finances. You're not touching my wallet. What's in your wallet? Not the devil, right? So, so that, that, that's the kind of faith. And, and with that, we need virtue. We need to have that higher moral standard to, to, to be able to, to um, stand in that place because that's a lot of power, isn't it? So we're going to talk about that um, in a little bit. Kind of, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Um, this fight we are in as Christians requires a strength and a power beyond our own. But as we begin to tap into the power of God, if we are without virtue, it becomes very dangerous. So, see where I'm going? See where I'm heading there, Jamie? Yeah, okay, watching you. <laughs> Making sure you're awake. All right. 
So how is true virtue? True virtue. True virtue, I would term true virtue, godly virtue. Right? Because we can all try to be good. We can all try to do good things. We can all kind of be compassionate. Well, except for that guy and that person and that one and that one there. I don't really like them, so I'm not going to be compassionate for them. Right? Depends on the circumstances. It depends on our experience, whether or not we're going to decide to, you know, do certain things. Well, godly virtue doesn't make that distinction. Right? It says that God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't doesn't make a distinction. Well, Ricky, today, not your day. Right? I mean, he doesn't do that, does he? I hope not. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. It's like, if you have faith and you believe and you have confidence that I'm going to do it, then stand and and stay and have courage and stay strong and I will work it out and I will manifest it whatever that is if it's if we're talking about healing or we're talking about you know needing the finances that we need or if we need a new car or you know whatever we we have need of because it says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness which I would say is a godly virgin right and all these things shall be added. Right? He knows what we have need of before we ever ask. We don't need to ask him. But he wants us to. He wants us he wants to engage with us. So sorry rabbit trail a little bit, but that's okay. How is true virtue obtained? True virtue represents a moral excellence that is judged against the standard of the word of God alone. God's word is the standard by how we measure that. It's more than just doing the right thing when it's convenient. And I was just kind of talking about that, right? When it's convenient. When someone's looking. Oh, Pastor John's looking at me. I better do the right thing. Bless you, sister. Here's $20. You know, I mean, or when someone's looking, right? So we do the right thing when, when it's convenient for us. Yeah, I don't feel like it today. I don't feel like praying for that person because, you know what, I'm really kind of tired and I've had a rough day and, you know, I probably just need more than what they do and I should be the one getting prayed for. Right? That's convenience. Don't think that's what God, how God operates. It's just amazing to me, and I just go on another rabbit trail. It's just amazing to me that God never sleeps. You know what I mean? I mean, he watches over us when, we, when we're sleeping. Three o'clock in the morning, we're awake and can't sleep because whatever reason happens all the time. You know, and he's just like, he's there, right? I don't know how many times I wake up a lot recently, actually. Well, wake up in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, can't get to sleep. Ah, whatever. Okay, I'm gonna get up and just kind of sit and talk to God. And He's there. I'm like, dude, did you have an alarm set or what? I mean, He's just there. And because I hear Him and He He speaks to me. But the thing is, it's 
3 o'clock in the morning. He's speaking to all of us. So. Uh, that's, I know, right? How many of us are awake at 3 o'clock in the morning? It's not just me. How many billions of people are in the world, you know, that are awake? Not everyone's necessarily talking to God, but he's there for them, right? It's just crazy to me to think that we have a God that big. We go back to Pastor John's, you know, how big is God? You know, it just blows your mind. Like, he never sleeps. Yes? John, the fact that he never sleeps isn't as astounding to me as that he can talk to 6,000 people at once. That's even more amazing. Yeah, I mean, you take that and then you go, well, but he's talking to everybody. I'm sorry, not 6,000. 6 billion. 6 billion, right? 6 billion. If they want to hear him. If they want to. Yeah, it's just, I know, that's just crazy. Six billion with a B. That's with a B. Billion. It's amazing. It's just incredible. Yeah, wow. So, he's more about just, the, he's, he, it, it, God is, is, is not concerned with convenience. That's really kind of what I'm trying to get to. It means having the fortitude to make the right decisions in every area of life regardless of opposition from outside influences. Remember I talked about earlier about uh, what was the scripture in uh, Ephesians 4.14 about every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. Those would be outside influences, wouldn't they? So it's, it's doing that right thing regardless of what the pressure is, regardless of what the circumstances are. And we, in and of ourselves, can't do that. How many times have you known what the right thing, again, going back to Paul, the right thing is to do and you didn't do it? Why? Why do we do the things we don't want to do, but the things we should do, we don't do? And the things we should do, we don't do. And, you know, it's like, okay, stop. It makes my head hurt when he talks like that. But... You get the idea. It's it's our flesh starts to kick in, and we and and we if we're relying on our flesh, we're gonna we're gonna miss it all the time. So, um, how is I already said how is virtue? All right. Um, so some character qualities that describe this type of virtue are goodness, righteousness, morality, integrity. Dignity, honor, decency, respectability, nobility, worthiness, purity, principles, ethics, etc. A lot of those we touched on, right? Who does that sound like? If we take every single one of those, is that is there anybody that you know that is like that? Any human being that has like 100% of the time that has those things? I'd love to meet them. Now, who does? Who has those? God does, right? He always, he's, that, that's, that's his standard. That's his character. That's what, he, that's what he has set for himself. That's what he lives by. God in the Holy Trinity, I put the Holy Trinity because Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Three and one, that you can look at any of those parts of God being in, in there. They all live up to those. So if the Spirit is there and God says we have His Spirit, 
Can we tap into that? We can. Right? True virtue can only be attained if and when we are in Christ. When we are in Christ. And just some a little bit of like just a little bit of uh, fun tidbits. Paul uses the phrase in God, in Christ, or in him 164 times in his writings. I think that might have been kind of important. 164 times in his writings, what did he write? How many books? 13? I don't remember. I just studied that I should know. But 164 times he says in his writings. That's crazy. He's probably trying to tell us something there. God's trying to tell, tell us something through him. So it's no longer striving for human virtue, all of those things that, quote unquote, make us good. It's not striving for that, right? I don't know about you, but striving for things that make us good is really tiring. That's just like wears me out. Trying to be good? That's why it drives me nuts, those Christmas songs. It better be good or goodness for goodness sake, right? What is it trying to, what's that message? Sorry, I, have, I digress. I know. They're, they're great. They're great Christmas songs. Never mind. Scratch that one. I, I love Santa. No, I don't. Okay. Anyway, but you know, I mean, really, I mean, how, seriously, though, I mean, the message we give, like the worldly message is you better be good for goodness sake. You better not shout. You better not cry. You better not shout. I'm telling you. It's trying to control behavior. Right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, in just in our in our human weakness, we're trying to control behavior. Not helpful. Doesn't work. So Romans three ten through twelve tells us none, none, how many? None. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Time out. I have a real problem with that scripture because I just helped the little old lady across the street earlier today and she, and she thanked me and she gave me even a little tip, which was great because I got an extra 20 bucks. Doesn't matter. I would have helped her even if she hadn't given me the money, but you know, I did a good deed. So, wrong. Romans is wrong. Contradiction. Bible. Oh, oh man. Now, now, how much more do we have to throw out? Wrong. It's not. Okay. That's not what it's talking about. Right? It's talking about our flesh. Our flesh. In our flesh, you're not going to find anyone that's good. Because what is our standard of, again, our definition or our standard of good? Are we talking about good in terms of once in a while we do a, 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 a kind thing or a nice thing? Or are we talking about the goodness of God? Those are like two polar opposites. Like doing good in and of ourselves is like really limited and really falls short. His word even says, all have sinned. 
Okay, we can stop right there. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, that tells me that somewhere along the line, we have all done something that wasn't good. So, what are we talking about when we talk about good? Are we talking about human goodness or God goodness? That's a, there's a big difference. It's a, it's, that's a huge difference. If we're talking about the goodness of God, that's way above <laughs> human goodness. Anything we can do in and of ourselves in the flesh. That's why we need to be in Christ. Tapping into his goodness. Tapping into his power. Tapping into his faith. Tapping into the things of God. Because striving to be good does no good. And we've all talked about, you know, we've probably all talked about that, you know, about, you know, people that you know, we, we witness to, we talk to, talk to, we um, share our faith with or whatever, and you, you've probably, you've heard it, right? And we, I mentioned it earlier. It's like, well, I'm a good person. You know, I mean, if you've ever just directly asked the question, if you died today, where would you go? Well, I hope I go to heaven because I mean, my pretty much been pretty good. Okay, pretty much doesn't cut it, right? There's a reason why God had to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. Our goodness didn't cut it. If it did, he would have saved the trouble and kept Jesus in heaven. And, you know, I mean, I, 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 used, to, I used to teach um, over at Good Shepherd Christian Academy back, way back, um, I te taught third, fourth, and fifth grade, and um, and they they actually taught me something, um, and uh, they said they used to say all the time they say, um, oh gosh now I'm, I lost my train of thought no shh shh <laughs> um <laughs> what yes what oh what did you have a question okay keep going what. Brain fart. Brain fart. Brain fart. Um, Kyle, let me think. How did it go now? It'll come to me. I don't remember. Brain fart. Think. Um, something about if I don't remember. If we got what we deserve, we'd all go to hell. I don't know. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it was really good. I'll, I'll remember it in a little bit. So, just never mind. I said that. All right. Um, it is only through living in relationship with the disposition, the nature of God, and fully submitting ourselves to him. That's what means being in Christ, right? That's what it means to be in Christ. Living in relationship with the, dis the disposition, his disposition or nature, and fully submitting ourselves to him. I like, that. I like that little, I put that on there just as an extra frog, fully relying on God. There's a ministry out there that is, I think it's Frog Ministry or something like that. I always love that. Fully relying on God. So if you remember anything else, remember Frog. Go home and rib it at your friends or whatever, and they'll be like, what are you talking about? Just rib it. Rib it. You can really mess with them. So um, God then infuses with us 
or infuses within us his character and virtue. When we're in him, he infuses that within us, right? It's in our spirits, not in our flesh, because we still have, we still are wrestling, right? We still have that wrestle between flesh and blood, or between, between flesh and spirit. But when we're in Christ, we become a new creature, a new creation, right? We are a new creation in Christ. Um, so in Christ, we can and do have an inner secure or inner serenity, which uh, adver- adversity cannot disturb. In Colossians three fifteen, you can look those up. I'm not gonna not gonna read them, but you can look them up. Um, a spiritual power that physical weakness cannot destroy. Second Corinthians twelve nine, and hidden vitality that even the process of dying and death cannot quench. Wow, that's a pretty. It just blows my mind that kind of to have that kind of security. That not even the process of dying and death can quench that that faith, that confidence to know that 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 God has said what he what that he he what he said is what I can stand on, and that in the end. I win. It's a win-win for me. It's a win-win for me. That's crazy. So what happens if we don't have it? And then I don't know how much time we have. What time is it? It is 7.28. Okay, we got time. So you might get out here a little early, but yay! We'll see. All right. Um, What happens if we don't have virtue? Somebody give me just a quick, like, just a quick. What's that? We'll do whatever we feel like doing. Okay. What else? Live by the flesh equals death. Yeah. What else? I think of the people that are in the news, Black Lives Matter and those cats, who say it's okay to beat up people at a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they don't agree with them. Um, and I just kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I remember. If life were fair, we'd all go to hell. There. That's what it was. If life were fair, we'd all go to hell, right? We didn't get what we deserved. Sorry. Too just, late. Bing, it's too late. It came out. It just got brighter in here. But yes... Very true, very true. Um, again, turn on the news. I mean, you just like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy what we're seeing. But is that reason for us to get all worked up? It shouldn't be, right? Only until you just Then you just have the faith to tell them to go spend their time in some pigs or something. I mean, I don't know. You know it's like cast them out. I don't know. There's a there's a gentleman that I work with, and I believe he's um, I believe he's on the dark side. Let's just say that um, he's very 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 angry. Um, I would say 
maybe leans toward an anarchist type of a mentality. And it's just interesting to hear what they can justify. Like the, 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 the you know, the, what is it, the, the justified, I mean, the ends meet, the, what is it, the, the, what is the saying? Yeah, yeah, you know, some, the means whatever. means justify the ends or whatever. Yeah. That's it, it. It is. They can just justify anything. They can, they can make anything like it's it's whatever. I mean, there's no, there is no moral guide. There's nothing that 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 guides them. Yeah, it is like it is like wildfire, untamed, going crazy, and it's whatever I feel like doing today. To whoever, like to your point, you know, if I feel like going and, you know, throwing a Molotov cocktail under a car and getting it, you know, letting it explode or whatever and getting the thing going, you know, great. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's insane. It's like the guy in Las Vegas, you know, what happened? How can somebody get to that point where you can just go and like, just unload, unleash on thousands of people it just doesn't so there's got to be some kind of moral framework there that's 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 greater than our own because otherwise though that's what that's what can happen that's where the danger comes in john without uh, without god there's no moral compass that's why right? i've argued with uh, agnostics and atheists and you know people say well you don't have to have god to be good mm. why would you be good if you didn't have a god right you got no reason to be good Right. I'd like to know what people would do without food for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, who defines what good is then? You know? I mean, okay, let's go there. Was Hitler good? I mean, in his own mind, he was doing good. He believed what he was doing was good. He was er- eradicating the, the lesser... Let's just say the lesser qualified human beings. Yeah, I mean that's that's. It's you know I mean it was just really it was yeah I mean it was it's a very that's that's what can happen the truth gets so twisted, and he got how many I mean he got people to like go with it, go along with it millions went along with it. Most of them out of fear. Most of them out of fear, but there was some brainwashing that was happening too yeah. early on. I mean, they, they brainwashed people. They were like, meh, just, just another person. Well, you know, I mean, people got so callous and so cold. And, and that's, that's when, when that kind of power starts to be misused. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. That's what always happens when you have a moral issue uh, regulated by law. Yeah. Just like abortion or anything else. Not you yep. Right. Right. So, so that's why we need to keep our spirit constantly, you know, tapped into what to 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 what God is doing and what in Christ. We need to constantly be in Christ, keeping our shield of faith up. Right. Because honestly, I mean, what is the what does the word says that in in the end. The love of many will grow cold. He's not talking about the world. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about Christians, believers. That's 
to me, that's really scary. That is just, that really freaks me out. Like, I don't want to be in that place. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be part of that group. You know, he talks about separating the goats and the sheep. You know, away from me, you never knew me. Ouch. I don't want to be there. God, I want to know you. I want to know you because I don't want to, be, and not out of fear. Not out of fear, but out of, out of reverence. You know, that, and out of, I guess, I mean, maybe fear in a sense, but a holy fear that I don't want to be separated from God forever. I don't want to spend eternity away from him. That's the, that's the ultimate deception. That's the ultimate, like, penalty, right? Oh, my goodness. So we need to be in Christ to prevent that. If we're not tapping into his resources, call them the resources, his character, his virtue, his power, you know, I mean, we, he's calling, I, I believe, when Ricky and I talked about this the other day, I believe he's calling us to live a higher life, to live higher. All of us. It's not just for Pastor John. It's not just for Ricky or whoever. Jamie, because she's the worship leader. Oh, well, Jamie, she needs to be, yeah, of course she's got to be, you know, to a higher standard. No, he's calling us all higher in this crazy, mixed up, truth-twisting world. Because who else is going to maintain that truth? Who else is going to maintain those virtues and that character and that, that standard? If we don't, that's, I mean, might as well just write it off now. Flip off the lights and go home. Right? So if we are to exercise our faith, again, tying back into what Pastor John said last week, and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling by carrying out the plans and purposes of God in our lives with his power, um, we need to have virtue. We must have virtue. I have a little video. And I'm got to, I have some time, so I'm gonna play this. I think it gives an example. It gives a little bit of a, an example of the kind. Death is a natural of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the force. Mourn them to not. I'm gonna go sleep. Attachment leads to jealousy. is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? His fate is uncertain. It's not dangerous. The council will decide Anakin's future. Here is the path of the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times, before the Empire.
Star Wars fans, that was a uh, obviously a progression of uh, Anakin Skywalker, who was eventually became with Darth Vader. There's all kinds of things we can talk about in there, and let's just throw out all the things that are wrong with um, Star Wars. We won't talk about those. It's not a debate whether it's right or wrong, but get the idea, right? What can happen when? power is goes untamed what can happen when our own virtues our own desires our own um, um, standards are in place and what can happen um, to us too as as individual when we when we sit in those human virtues as our standard that's it's just a picture of of what can happen I asked Pastor John if I could use Star Wars video he said, yeah go for it so I did but I, I mean, I think it, I think there are some some messages there, right? Um, I thought it was interesting that at the end, you know, Luke, his son, you know, with all the pressure and all the all the everything, you know, coming in and surrounding him, he still said, "No, I refuse." So, a picture of how we as Christians need to stand when we have all those pressures and all those things coming against us. We have the evil coming against us and working against us. People that that have it on their agenda to do away with us, right? But we serve a God that's higher than that, that's greater than that, that, you know, that, that can overcome the world, right? He says that. I have overcome the world. So that, just again, just a picture of, of, uh, of how we can... Um, tap into that and it, it's all about him right it's all about him the focus needs to be about him and not about us we're in Christ it's about God it's about his power it's about his virtue it's about his moral standard it's about all about him working through us right Without godly virtue, we are susceptible to falling into spiritual abuse, corruption, and maybe even worse. So that's what happens when we don't have virtue. We must guard against misusing that power by obtaining his virtue. Second Peter 1, 3 through 3-4 says his divine power, this is now again, if you... Um, go back. Pastor John talked about this um, in a couple couple uh, classes ago. His divine His divine power has given us, given to us all things, all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by a glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly 
great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Remember we talked about that was two weeks ago, the divine nature? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's, that's, that's our only way out. Right? That is our fire exit. That's our escape plan from the world. That is how we stay um, righteous is only through him. That's how we stand against the wiles of the, of the enemy, of the evil one, is, through, is in him and through him. That's the only way we can do it. It's the only way we can do it. Only his divine power can enable us to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. And he is calling us to live a life worthy of our calling, each and every one of us. He is calling us to live a life worthy of our calling because he's called each and every one of us to, to, to a purpose, to something greater, something beyond ourselves. It's, it's more than just breathing day in, day out. It's more than just going to work, coming home, having dinner, going to sleep, and doing it all over again. There's more to it than that. He's called each and every one of us to a divine purpose and a calling. He's, he's got, he has a calling in each and every one of our lives to affect his kingdom, to be, to be an effective um, participant in his kingdom. He doesn't want people sitting on the bench. We don't have water boys and, and, and water girls. You didn't have a rocking chair, Ricky. There's no rocking chairs. Get it when you get in heaven. There's none here. <laughs> you can have one in heaven if you want. You ask God that. That's up to him. You don't get one here on earth. Right? As long as you're breathing, he's called you. Ephesians 4, 1 through 5 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Well, if I'm going to be a prisoner, I... I might as well just be a prisoner of the Lord. I'd rather be a prisoner of the Lord than a prisoner of the world. Because being a prisoner of the world looks like that. I mean, that doesn't look fun. Been there, done that. Bought the t-shirt, don't need to go back. Right? No fun. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So, Obviously, you have a call. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of a couple. Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. All, 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 all y'all. As, as they say in Texas. All y'all. They claim they don't say that, but they do. I've heard. 
God has called us all to live higher, to walk in faith, and to utilize and to put into practice that faith. And it's critical that we supplement our faith with virtue because if we don't, we're gonna do a lot of damage, i.e. televangelists. But if you look at the people in the church that have done damage, there has been, I don't know, you all may have been part of a church or a ministry or something at some point in your life where something's happened because the flesh has been released. Somebody's working in the flesh because they got a position or whatever and they have caused damage and hurt. And that's that's just like the low level stuff. Right? We've all been there. I, I, at least, well, I won't say we've all been there, but we all know what we're talking about. Right? Some of us have been there probably closer than others. So, so that's virtue. Any comments, questions, snappy answers? Anything that anybody wants to add? Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did I uh, accomplish my goal? Good. Anybody have anything else to add? Nope. Okay. Good. Well, let's have Jamie pray for us and then we'll get out of here. Praise you. We ask that you help us to mold these things over our life, over our spirits, just meditate upon these things through this next week. Let them sink deep, Father, and take root inside of us. Bring clarity where there's confusion, Father. Just pray to your presence, Lord. Continue to do what always does, Father, changes us. And as we submit before you, Lord, it is our intention, Father, to keep seeking and keep pressing in. Thank you. Bless this week. Bless John for telling you. Amen. Yes, amen. Amen. amen.